0: I wanted to thank you for calling the ambulance. And? And I was concerned that you might be feeling responsible. Why's that? Because you were supposed to be looking after her. We
1: just don't want you to blame yourself. No, I don't. I mean, I, I never said I did.
0: All right. Go ahead, Michael.
1: Am I, am I, what do you, what do you mean, go ahead? Am I supposed to say my thing?
0: Yeah, tell, tell everyone how you're not, you don't want to come to Atlanta.
1: What? No, that's not what I'm talking, I, I am not sure whether I want to move to Atlanta or not. It seems like a cool place. I'm just not entirely, you know, I'm just not. That's not, not t- what
0: you said. That's w- not what you said. W-
1: what did I say? What did I say, Andrea? You're so huh? trying to
0: convince me. I don't think I want to come to Atlanta, to which I respond, "Don't come. I don't want to see you." <laughs> we're only keeping this friendship alive for the podcast, okay?
1: Yeah, it's for everyone else. We're do- we're, we're 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 doing this for the podcast cuz honestly, it would I think the, 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 the that our listeners couldn't handle uh us us splitting up and 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 breaking this thing apart so we were sticking it together for for them.
0: Yeah, and our two children, one of whom sucks. That's the only reason <laughs> we're staying together.
1: Our our two children and one really likes, you know, throwing bricks off of bridges and and ruining bikes so that other kids crash and, you know, He he has this little... He's not a bad kid. He just has this little quirk where he likes to shoot arrows at people.
0: You know what, Michael? That's just what boys do.
1: Just what... All boys just do this. And it's... I don't understand people's complaint about our son. Ugh. He's the perfect child.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, we're talking about, we need to talk about Kevin.
1: I don't know. Are we talking about Kevin?
0: We're using Kevin to talk about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we well, need to talk about Kevin. A very interesting book that was written by Lionel Shiver. It came out, I believe. Shriver. Sh- Shiver? Yes. It's Shiver.
0: Related okay. to leave Schreiber. No, I'm just making stuff up.
1: Ah, well, that would have been a <laughs> Um But it was written and published in 2003. It, was, it won the 2005 Orange Prize, a UK... I actually don't know about this. It's a UK-based prize for female authors of any country written in English. Interesting. I didn't know about that prize. But,
0: That's pretty uh, dope.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we need to talk about Kevin, a um, book about family drama and a bit more than that and um, family
0: drama is such a light
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's like such a light it's like way a, to
0: explain it it's like <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like you know family dramas usually just deal with like you know some slightly unruly kids some kids like you know you being like i don't want to listen to my mom and dad i want to do what i want to do type shit but um uh, no this book goes a lot further than that um and just a reminder for everyone this month we are doing mental health awareness. We may talk about certain things that might bother people i don't I'm trying to think the only thing I can think of is the the how much we want to get into the book um, but I don't think there, there's not like I, I like the last book with train spotting we dealt with addiction, and before that it was um, about. Suicide and death type stuff with uh, perks of being a wallflower. I'm try- do, do we have any like weird triggers for this book? I I, I can't really um, think of any. I
0: mean, there is you know violence against minors. hmm So there's that, uh, and basically you know, just a violence violence trigger warning.
1: Yeah. So, this is my first time reading this book, but I've watched the film before, and it was interesting going into the book. Um, what's your thoughts on the story, I guess, in general, Andrea?
0: Well, I did like it. Uh, it's another epistolary work. I think, I think it's our third one now, and I just love stories written in letter format, and I don't know why. I don't With know why you do,
1: huh? huh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Huh? Shut up! Look, my 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 thing is in blog posts, so you know what I don't want to hear. it. No, um, I mean, it's
1: still a piss. Pist- I can't even say that word. I'm not good with that word. Piss. Pissatory. Pissatory. A pis- to- pis- to- pissy. A, no, a, p- a little pissy. <laughs> a little pissy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, it it was actually a really interesting deep dive into. Basically, at its core, the relationship between a mother and her son displaying a lot of antisocial personality disorder symptoms and just how that affects the family as a whole. And, yeah, especially as a psych nerd, too, it was very fascinating.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to spoil or or summarize the story without spoiling too much i don't want to give the big spoiler like the ending spoiler but i mean basically you're pretty much told very early in the story that um that ava who's the main character who's writing these these letters she's writing them to her husband it's it's about two years since their son um committed a mass murder at the school killing a bunch of I think it was like what 8 7 or 8 or 9 kids he 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 shot them um basically very methodically planned out this whole thing and killed uh the these kids and one adult and so you're sort of basically dealing with a woman who's trying to figure out where where she went wrong as a mother also she's she never really wanted to be a mother in the first place, and was it the fact that she didn't want to be a mother that made their son become this way um, and you're d- dealing with her really opening up to her husband and you you're her her sort of saying like this is how these certain instances happened, and sort of her trying to in a way, kind of figure out why he never really listened to her a lot, and he would always pretty much take Kevin's side. Um, you get that a lot in the book, uh, and, I, and not really as much in the movie. But it's a uh, it's sort of it jumps back and forth with her going through um, basically raising this child to the point of him killing a bunch of people, and she's now visiting him. I think every Thursday. Uh, in the penitentiary, It's Saturdays that? in the it's book, Saturdays, like okay. every
0: second Saturday. I want to say.
1: Okay. Cool. So yeah, it's a it's a really interesting tale, um, and I guess we'll just jump into it. So you kind of have Ava, who's this? He's, she's and and I think the movie did a bad job of really talking about how driven Ava is as a as a person. She's very independent. Very. She has her own company. It makes. Uh, multi-millions a year they're well they're a well-off family because she's she's the breadwinner she she's uh she travels the world and is a very adventurous woman and so it's sort of uh and and they're her and her husband's like late 30s they decided um to finally have a kid and Ava's apprehensive. She's also uh, she's also Lebanese in the book. And she's living in the United States. And her and her husband are... She's Armenian. Is it Armenian? Yeah. Okay. It's my bad. Armenian. Um, I think I just recently watched a video on Lebanese, on Lebanese. And that's the reason why I was thinking that. But um, <laughs> Armenian, sorry. <laughs> yes, because she talks about the Armenian... Um, massacre quite a bit in the book. But she's sort of dealing with, you know, being out of place and society. She's dealing with um, also not really wanting to be a mother and basically giving up her her dream of and, and what she does for happiness of traveling and and she really enjoys her work and she basically has to give it up for this son who literally from the day that he's born is being extremely unruly and doesn't want to interact in any sort of way and he doesn't he specifically tries not to speak a huge thing in the book and even in the film but it takes up a lot of the book is the fact that kevin specifically doesn't want to get potty trained and so he's like Six years old, still not potty trained and um, purposefully doing things to get his mother to change him. And just pretty, pretty much Kevin's the, the absolute worst child you could ever have. And um, yeah, uh, Andre, I'm not sure if I want to be a mother anymore after reading this book. But
0: Yeah, no, I... Ugh. <laughs> I already didn't. So... Obviously, you know, you're not going to take a fictional representation of a child as very indicative of life. But at the same time, I don't know what I would do in her position as well. But I I don't know. I thought it was interesting. There were a lot of kind of similarities to her talking about motherhood um, as in the bell jar to me. Yes. And just Mm -hmm. it was really an amusing portion of the book where she's going to all of these classes on birthing And there's all of, you know, some very well-intentioned first-time parents saying, I'm not going to, oh, you know, we don't want to have any sort of numbing. We want to be present for the procedure. And it's how easy it is to say that until, you know, you're actually dealing with it and the birthing process. But that was like a, it was a really kind of body horror portion almost and she's talking about how arduous the labor process is and how annoying franklin is because he's just like oh sweetie you got this and she's like you're not having to do this shit (laughs) um so it's very easy to say
1: right because franklin is um he's pretty much like a stereotypical patriotic uh conservative male um and stuck in his way is not going to really change or really um, think too much on a woman 's perspective on on things, which is, is really kind of baffles me how how Ava really sticks out <laughs> the marriage sometimes um with with some of the instances um, with I Franklin. hated
0: Franklin so much
1: yeah, and they really. Dulled him down for the movie, and I think part of that is because John C. Riley plays Franklin, and it's really hard to make John C. Riley not likable. Yeah, like, every, every I like, think I've, he was w- the
0: only miscast person. to me. I'm with
1: you on. I'm absolutely with you on that. Like he did not really feel like Franklin. Franklin's supposed to be uh, kind of a rough and tough type of guy. Feelings don't matter too much. You 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 keep pushing forward and um he's uh like like i already said a very stereotypical um conservative patriotic american male and yeah john c riley like there i think there's like only there's like only one instance that they kind of showed uh, that he's um conservative and th- i really and, and I think part of it is the way that the movie is done and and I think maybe that's a good topic to sort of talk about is so you have you have the this the story in the book it's done through letters and, but then you get to the movie and it's very artsy it's really artsy like it's like the first 10 minutes there's barely any dialogue and I for one as someone who, who likes really artsy films I really like it but at times it's almost there's not enough dialogue in order to capture some of the stuff that's going on in the book. Um, like there's a lot of things left out from the book that didn't make it in the movie. Like the, cause the movie is almost more atmospheric than yeah. a straightforward uh, narrative piece. And it, it, it jumps around a lot. She, Ava basically loses everything after um, the mass murder and she's living in some shabby old house and now uh is working a travel agency which i think is a brilliant choice um because for a woman who used to travel a lot is now having to work a travel agency and help other people to be able to travel like it's a, a very and like I,
0: I love the fact that they surrounded her by all these generic ass travel posters like it's such a mm-hmm. numbing corporate version of what she used to have yes but like I agree I actually I really like that they took it in that sort of direction because again this book it's it's a fairly lengthy book that it would be hard to capture in one movie alone. And I think the way they chose to shoot it got a lot of the sort of stream of consciousness, you know, a not like not linear timeline that the book has as well. Right.
1: And it's, I it's, love it's, that
0: they mm-hmm. opened on like the La Tomatina festival where she's just covered in red. Like, it's some sort of really brilliant oh, foreshadowing, yeah. too.
1: I mean, all of the, the first 10 minutes is fucking brilliant because you have that, um, and, and then you have... And it's talked about a little bit that people threw paint on, on, uh, on her house, and she's trying to get it off to a, to a degree. But it's like there's when she's, like, interviewing at the travel agency, and there's paint in her hair, and so it's basically everywhere she's going... She can't get the blood off of her hands or, or, and whatnot. Like she comes home, it's raining, the, the paint drips onto her face, and she looks in the mirror and there's, there's red on her face. Um, and so,
0: and over was, her left eye too, which I thought was a very yes. nice choice.
1: Yes. Um, and, there's, we'll get
0: there. Remember that detail, guys.
1: <laughs> right. There's a, there's so much to talk about in the, for this story. It's, there's a lot, um, but it's it the the atmosphere was really nice and I really liked it. But I do think it missed certain things that I think was necessary that the book was trying to talk about. For for example. Um, because this is this most of the story takes place in the 90s there was a lot of school shootings that happened in the 90s and so it's sort there's a lot of on the media these mass shootings happening and they're constantly being talked about and it was uh and there's a lot of you know Ava's liberal she's trying to say that they need to get rid of guns and then you have Franklin so there's like a this debate over like guns quite Quite often, and but you don't have that in the film. You 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 get rid of sort of you get you get you lose the whole uh, political dynamic of the book, and then you also yeah. lose Kevin watching the the news with his parents and sort of seeing the attention that these mass murderers are getting, and which was I think a big topic of the book was the fact that the media at times really helps basically celebritize uh, mur- mass murderers in, in, in this country. Mass murderers, serial killers, what have you. Um, they basically become celebrities and th- it happens in the movie where Kevin's interviewed on the media but they don't dive as far as he does in the book. There's a, there's a great monologue basically uh, in the book with, with Kevin just talking on a lot of different things and you sort of see that he's watching how these other mur- mass murderers did things, and so he wants to do it differently. He wants to... Basically, he wants to com- say that he's smarter than these other mass murderers, that he has, basically, in a way, more moral integrity with how he... With who he kills, and it's it, there's that interesting topic that doesn't happen in the movie, unfortunately.
0: True. And going back to the relationship with her husband. So I think they missed out, even if they miscast a likable actor for the role of Franklin, they could have shown some of the stuff he said that was so blatantly fucked up to his wife. Mm -hmm. And so you have from the beginning, one of the really messed up things to me was she is the owner of her company that, as we said, is the main breadwinning factor in this marriage. And he just kind of goes and scouts things For his job, but she's the one who's supposed to quit her job and quit her traveling. And he's never really explained why she's the one who has to. That's just what he decides. So, and he thinks so much of her work can be offloaded on other people. And he doesn't... Mm -hmm. He thinks she's just making excuses when she says other people aren't going to do as good of a job. And, like, you know, you can say that that's true with any work you're going to do, but at the same time, it's her company, so you can understand why she'd be particular about it. But Definitely. That was a messed up thing, and then also the fact that he just flat out won't believe her on Kevin's behavior. So, like, when he's very young, and they did show this in the movie, it's like, It was actually kind of funny because Kevin is a very intelligent child, but the fact that she keeps trying to get him to practice his arithmetic and she'll be like, what comes after seven? And he refuses to answer. And then once she's frustrated, he just counts to 100 to show her he can, but then refuses to answer her again. Um, But it starts off with little stuff like that and graduates to like, you know, the neighbor's kid's bike being tampered with.
1: I would say like it even starts off further than that because in the book, um, they hire nannies and the nannies basically quit every like week or two and terrible things happen to these nannies and Franklin still won't acknowledge that Kevin is doing anything wrong and he won't listen to his wife, Ava, who's like trying to comfort these nannies like, one who moved all the way from, I think it was Scotland, she moved to America, and now she's like, I don't even know, after working with Kevin, I don't know if I ever want to have a kid anymore. Like, And I think she ends up moving back to Scotland, and it just, like, absolutely traumatized her. And so you don't you don't have things like that where, in the movie, and it really takes away from the marriage dynamic a bit, and I think a little bit thrusts too much of the blame onto Ava in the movie and whereas the book there's I think a lot of blame towards Franklin actually probably most most of the blame is Franklin like Ava has her faults but it's just I don't know like and and, and the issue too is we're getting straight up her perspective on things so we we don't really know Franklin's perspective but it's it's uh you lose a lot of the characterization of Franklin and instead it's just kind of you know, this nice guy, John C. Riley, who everyone kind of fucking loves. Uh, He's just got, he's just a lovable guy. And and he's kind of like a big teddy bear. And I I really want to give him a hug right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but like, yeah, there's not a lot of the sort of other witnesses in the movie, because there's also, you know, the incident with that, the young girl at his preschool who has the eczema, and she's supposed to not scratch at it. And then, One day they can't find Kevin, and he's in the girls' bathroom with her, and she's just covered in blood. And, you Mm -hmm. know, there's that possibility she scratched herself just to finally get some relief because her her poor face is all itchy. But yeah, there's that. There's the nannies. You don't hear about all the neighborhood children that gradually stop, you know, start making excuses to not hang out with Kevin. And then Ava finds out all these kids are still meeting and having playtime, but he's just been excluded. And, like, Franklin also brushes that off. And he's like, oh, well, your child's the one who's been blacklisted. Why aren't you mad on his account? It's yeah. just continual gaslighting from Franklin.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, him when uh, Kevin finally has, like, a friend, Lenny, who basically Ava sort of deducts is basically Kevin's slave because Lenny's not as bright as Kevin. And they go around... Um, doing some terrible things, one of which is they throw water balloons off of the freeway and then gradually move to the point where they're throwing bricks off the freeway. And then a really messed up scene when they accuse their drama teacher of sexually assaulting them. And if it wasn't for Lenny's terrible acting, Kevin would have gotten away with it. And, like, I... And I love, like, there's that whole speech in the book um, that Ava sort of talks about how the school, she, what was it, her and Franklin both said that the school was was basically being cowards with how they treated the teacher, but for different reasons. Um, Because basically they, they didn't fire her or let her go, they basically didn't allow her to be a around the kids or something. I forget exactly what, what they, what the thing was, but like, she was like, how can like this, you take a woman who was not proven guilty and then, um, take away the thing that she really enjoys, which was the whole teaching drama and, and working with these kids and whatnot. And crazy, crazy messed up scene.
0: True. And like, after the whole rock thing happened off the, you know, onto the highway, it's really interesting that like Kevin learned very young, that he can just get away with things with his father if he says the right things. So, of course, Franklin goes in to talk to Kevin, and he comes out and he's like, oh, it's all a misunderstanding. They were throwing water balloons, which he regrets, and then Lenny's the one who started throwing rocks, and Kevin told him to stop, but Lenny wouldn't listen. And it's like anyone with common sense would look between the two and figure out who the ringleader is, but he's just so set on believing his son doesn't do anything. And yeah. then, of course, all of this comes to a head, when all right they have a second child celia Mm -hmm. which was i'll have to admit you know ava's not a perfect character she's she's flawed but you know she's a person in a very crazy position and that's one of the things franklin said to her too that bothered me so much is when kevin was born he said we'll outnumber you two to one which is like a really fucked up way to think of a family anyway yeah and Ava's also kind of understandably, you know, she's worried if it is her, she wants to prove she can love a child and it'll love her back and she wants another child. And so she has Celia, who is just a sweet baby from the get go, uh, is actually affectionate back. And that was actually a really messed up thing, too, is how Franklin kind of distances himself from her because he doesn't want to be proven wrong about Kevin. So he's, like, hesitant around this child who is just all around, obviously, a better child than Kevin is.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's another instance where, basically, uh, Franklin in the movie isn't shown to be as bad as he actually is. Um, This whole... He sticks way too much to his son and doesn't really care about his daughter that much. Like... It's not until basically she's like around six or eight. However, I think I guess it would be six. They're seven years apart, if I remember correctly. But it's not until like she gets older that he starts trying to interact with her. But for most of the upbringing, he doesn't really care too much. And then we get to uh, an absolute. Horrible instance that happens to Celia. There's a couple of horrible instances, which is one, uh, her 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 dog. Is it a dog that runs away or is killed no, by Kevin? No, it was
0: an African pygmy in the That's book, it but it looked like just a hamster in the movie.
1: Celia ends up blaming herself for not closing the gate, but we all know it's really Kevin. And then a c- couple weeks later... Uh, because I like, I like, I can't remember if it was the same way in the movie, but basically like the, the, the drain is clogged in the film. And so she has to pour lye down the uh, pipes in order to clear it out. And so really weird to believe that Kevin put the hamster or pygmy down the garbage disposal.
0: Oh my God. And I love that scene in the movie where her and Celia are in the, kitchen and as soon as like she sees the water backing up out of the disposal she looks out the window and he just stares at her
1: yeah that fucking creepy ezra miller stare
0: like ezra miller again just knocking it out of the park with this acting
1: Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's he'll be around for a long time
0: but yeah it's just uh
1: and then so, so back to the lie like basically ends up happening is you know, Celia gets lie in in one of her eyes and her is now left blind. Eye. Remember, we left told eye. you to yep. remember that. Yep, <laughs> in her left eye. And it ends up being blamed on Ava because Franklin believes that she didn't put the lie back. And she's like, no, I did. I, I'm very careful of things. I never forget to put things back. In the book, she kind of goes further, where they're, they're always like, sometimes we think, oh, did we leave the oven on, and when we're when we're leaving the house, and then we go back inside, and it's never left on. Like it's everything's always as it should be. She's like, I'm a very careful person, and so she blames Kevin. And at this point, Franklin's just had enough of Ava always constantly blaming Kevin, and uh, really uh, kind of goes off, forces forces Ava to apologize to her son and he's uh, there's a like the scene is great in the film when he's I forget what I forget what he's eating but it's just like it looks like an eyeball
0: it's lychee
1: there we go um yeah
0: and he's eating it in the book too and there's like a really interesting kind of symbolism there where he's kind of saying like well a he's messing with his mom because his mom's the only person who really sees through him And Mm -hmm. he's doing it on purpose to bother her. And so she kind of storms out. And, like, it's one of those things where I think even though she's probably, you know, she's definitely out of the two the only one smart enough to see through his shit. She's not good at not meeting him on his level. Because he does get the reactions out of her that he hopes to get. But, like, what's also curious in that whole scene is, like, okay, even if she left the cabinet open... His willingness to blame his wife, where she's also like, you know, Celia's afraid of everything. She's afraid of shadows. She's afraid of like you know, the basement. You think she's going to pour lie onto her own eye, even if I do leave the cabinet open, and she couldn't have even reached up there.
1: Yeah. And usually like the the two the thing too is uh those lie or any type of detergent thing also is still child proof itself, typically. Like they have those yeah. sort of like push down twist um, type of things that usually that a kid can't open, especially a young girl at the age of five or six probably could not open. And so Franklin uh, sort of just goes off because he's he feels like his wife absolutely hates their son. And I mean, she kind of does. Um, <laughs> she definitely, uh, but it, for good reasons, at least. Another thing that's left out um, in, in the film that sort of, and this is going back to, I guess, to Franklin's character, is the uh so Ava never took her husband's last name. She thought that uh the name P- uh, Plackett uh Placket is a horrible last name, so she didn't take it basically. <laughs> Cause she has a she has a cool Armenian last name, ketchadorian Yeah, Ketchadorian. Uh, I'm like that that's that's a dope ass name. But um <laughs> So, and also, uh, she wants to basically keep her Armenian roots, and uh, in the in the, in the novel, we 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 learn a lot about how she she basically wants to keep her culture and kind of really hates American culture uh, a lot, but you lose the them debating over the last name that their children are going to have, and it's interesting, because in the end, Kevin gets her last name, though Franklin really wanted kevin to have placket i yeah. don't remember why that happened but it happens and then because basically they, they have a debate and he says all right if it's a boy it, it's gonna be placket if it's a girl it'll be kitchen Ket- and but in the end was the kevin,
0: opposite
1: or was it the opposite oh yeah, is that that's why? why yeah kevin
0: gets her last name <laughs>
1: Gotcha. All right, thinking these through as as we're talking about it makes sense. Now. <laughs> For some reason I remembered it backwards. All right, all right. But yeah, you don't have that in the you don't have that in the movie. Um, sort of this weird other type of family dynamic between the parents that I don't know. I, I, apparently, there's a lot of love between them, and it's sort of and I do kind of like this th- this one instance in the book where Ava's says it seems that the bad times sort of, I forget how she says it, it's better than what I'm gonna say, but basically the bad times outweigh the good times and sh- she remembers the bad, but she's like, there were lots of good times with you. And th- yeah. she, 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 she still loves him all through all this crap, but it's just their, their relationship, at least, I guess their relationship was better before they had children. Um, sure that happens well, to, that's to plenty thing. of couples but. I think a,
0: a lot of relationships might be compatible unless it comes to the subject of raising children because that's one of those things like I know the world isn't perfect and things don't work out like you plan but I feel like if you're going to have children you might want to be on the same page about how to raise your children cuz like yes to me one of the things that always makes for good parenting is to be on the same page and they never are from the get go And to me, one of the most humiliating things Franklin did is he would make jokes about Ava with Kevin. Like, you're engaging Mm in making fun of your wife with your son, so of course you're not really going to have a lot of authoritarian power towards your child when one of you is actually trying to discipline him and the other one's like, ah, let the boy be the boy, and also, isn't your mom ridiculous sometimes? It's not going to work.
1: Yeah, that or the instance where he gives Kevin back his spray gun and then he sprays Ava. Very bad parenting. Um,
0: I was so fucked up.
1: Yeah, and... Well, and, like, sort of, that's
0: also kind of... Um, it. They took a lot of the details out of it. Like, I feel like there were a lot of scenes where there was more buildup in the novel and the movie kind of had to shorten it. So, you know, in the movie you do see Kevin get the water gun and put paint in it and spray down this wall she spent hours on where she's putting all of her old travel maps and ticket stubs and like, you know, different travel mementos on her wall and wallpapering it in. And like, mm-hmm. you see him spraying it and you understand why she's mad, but there's like this whole build up in the novel where, you know, Kevin keeps spraying water at the movers, which is a dick move. Yeah, And he was like, we should probably stop him from harassing the people, helping us move our furniture into our house. And Franken's like, chill. And then he's spraying her, and the dad's still like, haha, spray your mother. And so she takes the water gun and puts it out of Kevin's reach, and then he complains, and so his father gives it back to him. Again, mm-hmm. this whole, like, lack of united front is just so silly to me. And then Kevin goes and, you know, ruins her room well like
1: before that he 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 figures out that he can put a grape juice or whatever into the water gun and and ruins her dresses and stuff like that that she's wearing and so it's just there's all like you said all that build-up and it's a shame that the movie can't do it and it's kind of hard to do with the type of style that they were going for for the film and i really like it But also, I really love all the buildup that the book does.
0: Yep. And then, you know, there's the uh, I'm not going to say like it's excusable what happened, but there's a bit more of a frustrating buildup, you know, with the whole incident where. All right. So Kevin is still, what, five or six and shitting himself out of spite. And so Ava changes him. And then immediately after he shits himself again and Ava frustrated kind of throws him across the room and he hits the changing table and breaks his arm. Which is, I mean, not recommended parenting. I do think, like, in the novel, I think we're seeing her sink into a postpartum depression she doesn't quite get out of until Celia. Because honestly, even, like, the way she describes things in her life, there's—things are a bit of a blur. She's stuck at home, and she's just with this child who's a demon to her until her husband comes home, and then he acts like a normal child to her—to her husband— but then, like, she even talks about, like, seeing bright colors again when Celia is being born. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're missing some of that. And it's a really brilliant character analysis that, like, Kevin, even at that age, realizes he has way more power over his mother if he lies on her account and doesn't rat her out. Because then she'll feel like she owes him for a very long time because he covered for her.
1: Yep, uh, and they sort of do that power dynamic a little bit, but it's just for like a quick little instance of like that car ride. It's pretty much like the only time you really see that power dynamic.
0: And then you but do see it later, like at a later car ride, when she's like, "Can I run an errand?" and he's like, "I want to go home." And she's like, "I just have to get this one thing." And he starts like rubbing his scar from where the fracture happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, what, that's, what, like, that's okay, what. Yeah. Let's go.
1: Home. Yeah, that's what I meant by the car ride. But yeah, also one thing, like, I, and it's sort of, I don't think, and, and we sort of talked about it a little bit with how Ava had to, like, give up her job, blah, 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 traveling and stuff like that. really, Ava is basically imprisoned in her own home. Like, she's, she is a prison, like, this whole thing, like, and you mentioned before there was, like, a. you're, like, there's a scene that was, like, a, basically, like, a body horror with her being pregnant i'm like this whole story is straight up horror in my opinion in my opinion this is this is like true horror this is um (laughs) like there's slasher films and stuff and those are like horror films and like you know that's that's scary and whatnot shit like this terrifies the hell out of me um but like really she's a prisoner in her own home like she can't get away from her son she can't get her husband to listen to her and she's given up her entire life the life that she wanted to live for all of this and then after the instance of him mass murdering people she's also a prisoner in her own town like people treat her like shit people are throwing paint at her house and in the movie also her car and she's she is a prisoner based off of the things that her son has done and people blame her and like i love all of the trial stuff that happens in the book that we don't get in in the film like her basically talking to the the judge and the attorneys and basically they're trying to pin all of this on her and saying that she was a neglectful mother and it's like and i think part of it why she wrote these letters is just her trying to figure out what i mean part of it is yes she's trying to figure out if she was neglectful or not but it's like her trying to deal with everyone attacking her and she's trying to cope with all of this stuff but yeah like one more mm -hmm, details
0: like you don't see this in the movie but there's like this kind of brief glimmer of hope she talks about in the novel where she's like he was finally going to grade school so i thought i could go back to work but because he's yes. still shitting himself in grade school, she has to go change him at school four to six times a day, which is insane.
1: Yep. Yeah. So she can't get away from Kevin. She's, she's a prisoner to her own child. And really anything she says is null and void because people won't listen to her and the only people that would listen to her is the nanny and then there was one instance if that i'm remembering now from the book there was like a girl dealing with like anorexia and there was some great there was some great recollection from Ava basically about how like these rich parents talk about their daughters who have anorexia and they're basically it seems like almost like they're about they're showboating um and not yeah. not saying like they are or not but uh that's just how she feels and then Basically, Kevin's picking on this girl, making her feel bad, and like the mom comes to Ava and is like, "You need to talk to your son, Kevin, about all this." And like Ava's basically like, "Please, actually, don't. Uh, we we actually can't talk to Kevin, and in fact, it'd be better if we didn't. And it'd be actually better if your daughter didn't show any reaction to the things that he says because her her reacting or. Um, or even Ava coming back and and saying something to Kevin will basically reward Kevin and make him feel like he, find, he he got the reaction that he wanted and it'll make things worse. Yeah. So I agree. All that all the extra stuff that is left out of the movie which is there's a lot. Like there's it's hard it would be hard to do all of this and I still really like the way the the movie's done but like after reading the novel I'm like wow there's so much like planning and so many things that uh shiver thought through for for a lot of this stuff that that just sort of like keeps building upon it's, itself and and it's, it, it, it it was really cool to go through.
0: I agree. And I honestly, I, I think sometimes the writing in this book, Shriver gets across how Ava can be unlikable, mm-hmm. but also her head's a really interesting place, and like the level of detail, you know, because I started off being like, oh shit, this is gonna be a long ass book, but by the end of it, I'm so glad for all the detail they put in, and there are moments where the writing is absolutely brilliant. So after Celia's eye. Um, gets damaged. They're talking about, you know, they have to take a measurement of her other eyeball so they can fit in a glass one that has a matching size. And there's this brilliant part where they're saying that the doctor assured them it wouldn't be painful, but that Celia would be uncomfortable, a term the medical field likes to use for agony that isn't yours.
1: <laughs>
0: like, that was pretty great. I'm not, um, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, she's just... She's a very observative person, and I thought it was very interesting how they made her and Kevin really look alike because honestly in a lot of senses they are very similar like they're both very critical of other people and they don't like a lot of things but Kevin is that to an exaggerated degree and what bugs me though is a lot of people look for blame in this story of like is it the mom's fault and a lot of people seem to think yes because she's not quote an ideal mother but no one really is. (laughs) And I think it's it's mostly like a mixture of... Modern psychology isn't nature versus nurture. It's a blend of the two. And I think when you have a child like Kevin, who isn't a very common sort of human to be born that just starts off horrible, but his mom is one of those people who like tries to be affectionate and you do see it, but when it's not returned, her reacting to him, her anger and her dismissal, kind of starts... They're like in this positive reaction loop with each other. Where like the yeah. more he bugs her, the more she pushes him away and the more he feels justified in getting revenge on her.
1: No, that's a fantastic point there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean like I and I think that it's sort of it comes back and I, I find it kind of ridiculous that people would blame Ava for, for how he turned out. And I wouldn't even really even fully as much as I don't like the way that Franklin Raisin, I wouldn't really blame him either. You can't really fully blame parents sometimes. Some kids are just, you know, chemically arranged differently. Like people are just people are, there are certain people that are just can't fit in with the rest of society and the way, you know, I guess the societal dynamics work. But there's the, there's, there's a a really good moment. And it's part of the the moment where Kevin's talking to the media and like the guy keeps asking him questions and he's like, um, is it basically, he's like, is it your mom's fault? And like, it's like the only time where Kevin sort of like changes, um, emotions and he like, it's very direct towards the journalist and is like, don't you dare say, basically don't you dare say anything about my mom? Like. She did what she could and like it's sort of the only instance where you actually see that Kevin loves his mom or whatever the closest thing to love that Kevin can actually have.
0: Well like and it's weird because in that moment I don't even know if it's love. I think a lot of it he doesn't want anyone else to be responsible because Mm. he wants the quote glory for himself. But it was touching that he had that picture of her that disappeared many years ago that she assumed he, like, shredded to make her sad over losing it or whatever, but he's just kind of kept this picture of her from her traveling days.
1: Yeah, and I, I get what you're all saying. All this time. I get what you're saying also is that he, he doesn't want anyone else to take credit for what he did, but he also kind of, he goes deeper into talking about, like, how, and they and they show it for one instance where he apparently, like, would go to, like, bookstores and look at the books that his mom wrote. Yeah. He actually was proud of his mom um he just couldn't connect with it
0: true and i do love how they handle that scene in the movie where she's just like hey did we see you at the bookstore and he's just like no and he's so indignant because he doesn't want her to know he gives a shit about yeah. her career <laughs> i i
1: i do like how they did it too but of course they 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 do the whole uh oh guys it's, it's a fucking cliche in movies where you see someone and then a fucking bus goes by and then they disappear Nah, like, can we not yeah, do that do shit anymore? That. Like, like if it's, like, fucking Batman, okay. You know, it's, like, that's his thing. Like, Batman just disappears on you. Whatever. But, like, for, 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 for a normal fucking film, like, I, I, I'm saying normal, even though this is far from normal. We need to talk about Kevin. Don't do that cliche of, hey, a, a big old bus went by, and really, in real life, like, there's no way someone could have disappeared in that amount of time. No. Ah.
0: And so, like, I guess we're getting into the big end reveal now, but what I thought was so brilliant I is... I don't know,
1: if, but...
0: I'm going to say it, Michael, because, right, again, well, they spoilers, should have it Well,
1: spoilers,
0: people. Now. <laughs> spoilers. I mean, we spoil things every week, but it was really clever writing to me because the whole time you're reading this, she's writing to Franklin, and I'm assuming they're just separated, And there's one specific portion that was, like, sad but also kind of beautiful where she's like, I'm really glad Celia's with you because I want her to be, you know, I I love you and I want her to be with someone I love, but also you never truly saw her. So I'm thinking, I'm getting mad this whole time because I'm thinking they separated and he got custody for some reason because everyone's so out to blame the mom. But then obviously, you know, in the book you find out, you know, she goes to the school because she hears an incident happened at the school, and it's also sad there because even though she's like, you know, despite everything, I was worried about Kevin, and I was worried he was hurt, and her surprise when he was walked out in handcuffs out of the gym yeah, was really poignant, but, like, then she goes home and she can't reach Franklin— and honestly, at this point, I'm worried, like, Franklin took Celia and, like, ran off, <laughs> which I don't know why, but I just hate Franklin at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, then she gets home, and there's that, yeah, that moment where she turns the floodlights on, and honestly, it's really fucked up, and again, trigger warning. I think the movie took a lighter version to it, because Franklin is, you know, shot with arrows in on the lawn, but Celia is, like, against the target that Kevin would practice at. with, like, five arrows in her body. And while it's a fucked-up scene either way, like, you know, in the movie, they are both just in the grass, sort of. No,
1: the target is way more jarring than... Oh, I have one arrow in me. A little girl with five arrows against a target is very direct and very, um... really tough to see, or at least envision when it comes to reading. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I like that reveal. Like, I felt the same way. Um, and actually, like, it's been years since I've seen the film, and I actually forgot that they died. So I was actually I was with you on the whole. They're separated and whatnot. So
0: well, one thing I will say, I think, a lot of times media does mental illness wrong. Mhm. And what I appreciate about this story is, you know, you get all the characteristics of someone with antisocial personality disorder. But they never go so far as to diagnose, and they don't use the term psychopath because I think it's so overused in things. Although this is what psychology means by when they define someone with ASD. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is he's so young, you couldn't even fully diagnose him. But, you know, you've got the whole, like, lack of empathy towards other people. You have the low affect. His just lack of interests because very few things really, other than really the target practice. So that was actually also... I saw it as like this long con on his mom because we see this scene that was done really well in the book and movie of the only time Kevin's affectionate is when he's really sick and he lets his mom take care of him. And he's actually like thanking her and he actually has an interest in what she'll feed him. And she discovers he really likes a cream based clam chowder. Mm-hmm. But what's like so messed up is like, you know, he lets, he lets her read Robin Hood to him and he really enjoys it. And there's that touching moment where she sees that, Days later, he's reading it on his own. Yeah. But then, of course, he takes up archery, and right. that's the method he uses to kill his classmates. It is brutal, but I'm also like, it's another jab at his mother because it's almost like, you got me interested in archery by reading Robin Hood to me, so this is how I'm going to hurt you.
1: Well, it's, it's. I think it's a fucking brilliant storytelling, choosing Robin Hood, because it's also... There's so many instances, at least in the book, where... Kevin just talks about like how rich they are and like you know they really don't have to worry about anything and like he doesn't understand why his mom complains about anything cuz she can just get whatever she wants. And so you have Robin Hood which is about taking from the rich and giving to the poor which he, and his mom ends up losing all of her money to all the yeah. families who who lost every who, who lost their children and then on top of that the the archery stuff. Like it's a brilliant choice of choosing Robin Hood and Shiver. I know you ain't listening to this, but you're fucking genius choice there. So yeah. Yep.
0: And there's another like really messed up detail they left out of the movie, which is, you know, during these regular visits with Kevin one time when she's there, he pulls out Celia's glass eye because he's just kept it as a sort of trophy. Anyone he wanted to hurt her with it. And then in the last scene of the book where she's visiting him on his two-year anniversary kevin's like less smug now because he's also worried about going to you know big person prison Mm -hmm. and he's realizing that it's going to be a very different game that he's not ready for
1: right because in the in the juvenile prison he's basically kind of a celebrity kids are copying him and whatnot and that shit ain't gonna fly and an adult jail or an adult prison. Shit's shit's way different there.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, the book went so far as to, you know, Kevin made this little wooden coffin and he put Celia's eye. But this time when his mom wants to open the box, he tells her not to because he doesn't want her to see it. And I'm not sure if I like this sort of break in vulnerability. I think it it makes sense to a degree of Kevin was so out to get vengeance on his mom for, I don't know, being born. And not taking his shit. But in the process, he's realized he's fucked up his life just as much. And now he has the prospect of adult prison and not knowing what the future holds for him. And he's like, shit, maybe that wasn't worth it.
1: Yeah, um, I can't say whether it's a good choice or not having him finally, you know, realizing his own actions. But at the same time, maybe he's doing it as an a. As a manipulation tool still still like it's, it's hard to tell um because in the end at least in the book Ava's still waiting for him to come home because he's still got at least uh three or four more years five more pres- years five more years and so like in the end he's going to be coming home anyways and maybe he's doing this to make her feel sorry for him and whatnot so that he has a place to come back to I don't know. Kevin's a very mythological person who doesn't really care about other people's feelings and will manipulate them in any sort of way. So it's hard to tell with those kinds of people.
0: Well, and I don't know, because part of it to me, there are a lot of people that have antisocial personality disorder that don't end up killing people. And I I think when a crime is committed that young, I'm one of those people that still thinks there's a way for these people to be to come back because... At 16, even if you are a person with mental illness, you don't understand what you've done. And I can see you realizing and having something akin to remorse later on. Because even if you don't have built-in empathy for people, you can still reason as an adult, maybe I just shouldn't be a shit to people Not because my feelings tell me not to, but because it's objectively not a good thing. And I do see where someone could come into that sort of reasoning later in life. Mm -hmm. But in a way, like, the open-endedness of it is great, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: Kevin's just Kevin, and we'll never understand him.
1: And we just got to always be talking about Kevin. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh... But yeah, nice, light Right,
1: like, yeah, just a good old normal family drama. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's we need to talk about Kevin. And honestly, it's it's not a story you'll probably want to come back to, <laughs> like. But I think it is an important at least read or watch. And I actually I I really like the book. I think I like the book better. And I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, there's a lot more topics that it talks about, and I really like Shiver's writing um i'll have to check out more of her works yeah um and but i will yeah. say
0: mm-hmm. if nothing else i think at its root the story shows that victim that parents of people who commit atrocities are also victims because yes you know they didn't know what was going to happen and now they're being ostracized and even if they're not ostracized to the degree that this went through either still their whole life is changed forever and they have to live with what a family members of theirs did and how dumb it is for people to take it out on them.
1: Exactly. And that's just why it's just so fucked up that Ava as a character loses everything that she worked hard for. I mean, she already lost it basically raising her child, but then she loses it even more when her child goes to prison. And I don't, I don't know how accurate that is to real life. I've actually never really thought about families being sued by other families for what their kid did. Um I really don't know whether the courts do react that way of basically transferring the money from the parents to these families.
0: Well, not always. Well, what it is is like there's a criminal case to sentence him, but there can be a civil case and those do happen occasionally, but especially because he's under 18. Mm-hmm. That's why the fallbacks on his mom. Gotcha. Um, because he's such a young perpetrator. And Which, you know, oh my god. Mm-hmm. I Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was going to say it's a nice little connection to and I don't remember if they talked about it in the film, but there's a I think they they might have mentioned it in a quick little um comment where they're t- they're talking about how um kids basically get pissed off at their parents and the kids are suing their parents for things that they did and and w- there was like one joke where it's like, "Oh, at, a, at some point, uh, kids are going to be suing their parents for basically being born ugly. And it's kind of a nice little connection, but a connection and reversal of now parents are being sued for what their kids did. And for some reason, that's okay within society.
0: Yeah, I mean, people just can't seem to fathom that kids can have secret lives. I mean, you can't watch them all day, especially if you have two working parents. Oh, Kids yeah. Kids can get into all sorts of things without their parents knowing. I mean, unless I did plenty of things don't yeah, like Unless you're going to be a hypervigilant dictator with your children and like snoop through everything they do, which I honestly don't recommend because your relationship will suffer if nothing else.
1: Or you'll get a virus on your computer.
0: That, too. <laughs> But you know what? Okay, so I was uh I was paying attention. We didn't get any any of the Smiths, but what was actually a really funny sort of connection to perks is the fact that Kevin makes this wooden coffin to hold Celia's eyeball, her glass eye, and uh, I'm like, yeah. oh look, he learned woodworking in the end. So that's <laughs> progress.
1: <laughs> it's progress. He killed a <laughs> bunch of people, but it's progress. <laughs>
0: He's learning um, skills, valuable skills while incarcerated.
1: Right. And maybe to...
0: in the follow-up novel he's woodworking.
1: He's woodworking and he, he makes coffins for a living.
0: That would actually be sick.
1: For the sequel, we talked about Kevin.
0: <laughs> What's Kevin up to now? <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Who's this Kevin guy anyways? Uh... <laughs> Cool. Um, I got nothing else on this. I think we talked about it plenty enough. We talked about Kevin enough, you know.
0: There's one other line I want to mention. Oh, please do. Because it was so beautiful. When Ava and Franklin are discussing the fact that their relationship is obviously not going so well, and they're talking about things ending, Franklin said, I thought I could handle until the kids were out of the house, but that's 10 more years. He said, I can handle the years, but I can't handle the days. And I was just like, God damn.
1: I'm so glad you you remembered that quote. Cause that, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember Beautiful. when that came up. I was like, damn, that hits hard.
0: Yeah. Uh. Even though, fuck you, Franklin, you sucked. But good yeah.
1: line. <laughs> Good old Mr. Plastic.
0: Plaskin.
1: Yeah, but didn't his son yes. call him Plastic?
0: He did, which I loved.
1: Yeah, because basically there was no... Re- like he f- like Kevin basically didn't feel like uh he had his his father really had any real personality there was nothing beyond them, the superficial.
0: Yep. And it's true.
1: Cool. Well, we're done with that depressing tale. Um what depressing tale are we on to next? Cuz we still got one more week left of mental health awareness month.
0: Well, if you've ever wondered what would happen if Kevin became an adult and kept killing people as a successful businessman, we're going to cover American Psycho. <laughs>
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Uh, God, this is one I'm... Uh, this whole month, I mean, it's great. Dark, but great. Um, and also a lot of stories that I, I've never gotten really around to reading. So... um American Psycho looking forward to this
0: yeah and you know what I will say obviously not all the books we've covered show this by covering these books for mental health awareness month we're not saying you end up a bad person with mental health but these are two books on that are showing very extreme extremes of human behavior yeah also I've just always wanted to read American Psycho I never have
1: and I feel like we're gradually—we we started off kind of light with perks of being a wallflower. It's like each week has in, has like increased upon the last.
0: Yeah, a bit, a bit. We're snowballing here.
1: <laughs> uh, well, cool. American Psycho. It is good old Christian Bale. Good old Huey Lewis in the news. Oh God. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And chainsaws.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and feeding cats to ATMs. Um. Yeah, this will be a good one. Awesome. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, Thank you. And uh, as always, if you ever, if you ever, if you ever feel like you need someone to talk to, you ever, you ever, you, you know, you need someone to listen to, you can always contact us at illiteraticonfirmed at gmail dot com or on a or the same the same thing illiteraticonfirmed on Instagram. You know. We're always here to listen. So uh, you listen to us, and sometimes we want to listen to you. So you're always welcome to contact us.
0: Yeah, please do. Um,
1: but anyways, we'll uh, see you all next week. And uh, please, of course, read along with us. Watch along. Or, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you don't and just for some reason want to hear us talk, that's cool, too. But uh, we'll <laughs> see you next week.
0: All right. See you then. Bye.
1: Good afternoon, ma'am. I hope this isn't an inconvenient time.
0: Well, it is, actually.
1: Well, we just had a couple of
0: quick questions for you. What's this about? Do you know where you're spending the afterlife?
1: Oh, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I'm going straight to hell. Eternal damnation, a whole bit. Thank you for asking, Okay.